to your presence, guiding me by your Holy Spirit. Teach me, dear Lord, to live all my life through your eyes. I'm captured by wonderful song what a wonderful spirit and if that's you've been really born again and you're walking in the word that's your desire I'm here Lord use me mold me make me I, I pray that that's your desire God bless you I welcome you all to the service this morning you've been standing a little bit just bear with me for a few more minutes and we'll let you have your seated we want to just welcome the visitors I see our friends the Simonsons are here also want to welcome my son-in-law and daughter Chris and Anna from the coast, and uh, if there's others, I don't see you, but you're welcome, um, but uh, we trust that you're welcome in our presence, and more importantly, in the presence of the Lord. Just want to give you an update. Sister Martha Robbins went to be with the Lord on Tuesday. We met with her daughter, Sister Edwina. They had to leave to go back home to Texas. There's another daughter that's here as well, but they'll be having a graveside memorial on June the 17th at the Glenwood. That's out by Sherwood Park. I'll keep you apprised of that. I believe it's at 2.30 in the afternoon, but I'll let you know as we get a little closer. But it's June the 17th. That's a Saturday, by the way. I also want to keep remembering Sister Lydia Wild. She's in uh, home care. She's been needing to get attention. She's growing weaker. Just pray for her. Pray for the family. And then as well, Sister Elizabeth Stewart, She's in the hospital. She's been dealing with heart issues, and the doctors are planning to do a surgery on Tuesday. I'm putting in a pacemaker. We want to remember our sister and also remember that family. But in the meantime, I do see Brother Glenn here. That's a testament to what God does. I see Brother Don Kesser here. That's a testament to what God does. We're happy to have you here. And we're happy that God has you in our midst, and that's been a testament to prayers. Amen. So we want to keep, keep these things before the Lord. Um, also, next weekend, is uh, we've had a busy, it feels like a busy summer already, and I feel like it's only getting busier. Next weekend is our graduation. We have a graduation on Friday. Brother John Andes will be here for that. Um, there's also a wedding on the Sunday, but 
So the order will be a graduation Friday. There'll be a picnic for the graduates and those that are there on Saturday during the day. But Saturday evening, we're going to have a service at 7 p.m. Saturday at 7 p.m., that's on our website. And then we'll also have a service Sunday at 10 a.m. And there'll be no evening service on Sunday. So if you make preparation for that as you can. Like I said, there's a lot going on, but it's summer and we want to make much of the time we have. Amen. Let's just sing one more chorus. Greater than all. Greater than all. Greater than all my sins is the blood that still cleanses me. It's the grace that still sets me. Heavenly Father, standing here today in 2023, many years removed from the day the blood was shed, that day at Calvary. But Lord, we're testaments today that the blood will never lose its power. Lord, we believe that that blood is working on our behalf even now, O oh God. We believe there's a faith that accompanies that blood. Lord, an expectation as a result of it. And Lord, one day you wrote our names in blood and you wrote pardon beside our name. How we thank you today, O oh God. We're living in that expectation. We're living in that victory that you've given us. Today, as we've gathered in this Sunday, Lord, living in the world around us, many things that encompass us and are part of our lives. But now, Lord, we know we're three-part beings. There's a soul realm in the bottom. And Lord, we desire to be fed by you. We've come together because there's something in our spirits that calls for you, O oh God. And today we invite you, Lord, as we've 
just looked in your word. We're asking now you would come, walk with us, talk with us. Thank you for the songs and the singing and the atmosphere. Thank you for the lives of every home that's represented here. Lord, we commit the service in your hands, the words to be spoken. We ask these things. And Lord, also remembering those that are sick and infirmed, we thank you for those that are here, though that you've healed and that you've touched. But we also remember our sister Lydia. We remember our sister Elizabeth this morning. Father, may you be nigh unto them. May you work on their behalf yet, according to your will and purpose. Bless us as we read the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to musicians. I'll invite you to turn to Revelations chapter 1. We'll read just a portion. I'll let you have your seats, and we'll read a little bit more. Amen. God bless you. We welcome you all. We had a, um, a wonderful young people's service on Friday. We had a little bit of an appreciation afterwards for those that were involved in the skit. And some of those that were involved in the skit continued on in the service. We had a sword drill by Brother Ethan. We had a ministry by Brother Mark Perizok, the man that was known as the pastor in the skit. This feels like he's got a walk in that, so that's good. We're happy for it. But seriously, I was very blessed. It's wonderful to see the Word of God working in their lives. And I believe that it, it's, it's continued on, not by natural succession, but by spirit-filled, spirit-born sons and daughters of God. And that's not to say the men only. There's some musicians and all those that are helping, and, and it's personal. And I just am thankful for what I see in that. And uh, it, it's encouraging. It really is encouraging. Tonight, we're going to have Brother Andrew also minister for us. He's going to share a little bit on the trip to Ethiopia, and he's got some things on his heart. So this morning, we're going to go to Revelations 1. We'll just read from verse 1, and we'll just carry on. We'll stop somewhere, and we'll let you have your seats. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which shortly must shortly come to pass, he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So the order is, it's, it's, this is God's book, but he sent it and signified it by an angel unto his servant John. John is not the author of the book of Revelations. He is simply the scribe. The Spirit of God wrote this book. Verse 2, it says, Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth. Do you read this book? You're blessed. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne." And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings 
of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you for standing. It's better to stay awake when you're standing. And it's easier to stay awake when you're standing. Um, anyway, we, were, we had a wonderful weekend. Um, where I went and picked up my daughter after service on Wednesday. Um, that was May 31st, because on June 1st was a special day. That's the day that Sister Elsie turned 70. And so we are happy for her, and we appreciate her, and... Uh, don't look at her right now, because <laughs> I'm not looking at her right now. I'm not seeing her shake her head and frown at me and all those things. So at uh, any rate, uh, we, we are saying this because we genuinely appreciate her, and she's been doing very much for her mother, who's been hospitalized, and so we are just appreciative of that. So I won't say any more about that, and she'll say Yes. And everybody else will say, yes, let's go on. I'd like to take some thoughts together today that I've been dealing with. And, and, and by God's grace, this certainly will not be the last service. I'll go on this realm. But we had taken some services on um, talking about the hidden potentials um, that are hidden within us. We don't see them. We don't know them. But they're the potentials. And the potentials are resident and inherit in us, and they are a part that, that come from the eternal. They come from God. We are natural. We, we receive things naturally from our parents, but there are things that we receive from an eternal realm, and we don't see them. We don't know them, but, but they're there. And those potentials come from God. They're a part of God. They're nothing less. You, you will never get eternal life on your own. You either had eternal life in the beginning or you don't have it at all. And you say, well, how do I know it's there? Well, you're here today, aren't you? Something's pulling you. Something's calling you. And, and you just follow that. So, so there's a part of us that we don't know. There's a hidden part. But we also need to look beyond what our eyes see, beyond what our, our, our five senses declare to us. We, we walk by faith, not by sight. We look to the things that are not seen. That's just a part of our, our, our walk. And, and I took that on, on looking a little bit, and I was, I, I'd held a couple of scriptures back, and then uh, one of the brothers used the scriptures on the serpent and the brass uh, looking at that serpent and look and live. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for that, actually. It was a blessing. And uh, God bless you, Brother Mark. And uh, I want to take, if I can, as a subject this morning, call it seeing his glory. But the flip side of that is being partakers of his nature. So I'm going to read a little further in Revelations 1. And I want to emphasize a little bit, if I can, uh, what the writer is, which is God, this book of Revelation is a book of symbols. It's a book of prophecy. 
It's a book that was written not just for those in through seven church ages, but written for us who are at the end of the world. So there's a part that has been left for us. We are the only age of the seven ages that are seeing the full picture. We are seeing something that they didn't see in the other ages, but God left that for us because he knew how evil the day would be. He knew the faith that would be required, and he's not left us uh, to our own defenses, to our own knowledge, to our own strength, but he himself is empowering us. And uh, let's just read. uh, Now, we, we read this really, and I've been listening, and I I will encourage you if you can sometime. We have a tremendous book that, that has been left us, and it's called The Revelation of the Seven Church Ages. I've got several of them. This is the one that I've marked up, and it's falling apart. I've got others that we've got as well, but it is a blessing. I, I, I read from it often. We take quotes from it, but I also... Uh, have been taking some time just to listen to the revelation of the seven church ages as Brother Branham ministered them. Because you will glean some things off of that. You will see how God is unfolding it to him, how he's leading him. So I've been going through the Patmos vision and some of these things. And, and I would encourage you, if you have an opportunity, Make that part of your, your, your feeding, a part of what you're doing, and I believe God can, can uh, bless you in that, and I believe there are things in there for it. So if I, if I take then the setting, and in the first chapter of Revelations, it magnifies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pick this up in verse 7, and... Uh, then we'll make comments as we go along. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Now, here, listen to the affirmation of these words. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. So he he declares it that Jesus Christ was the faithful witness, but now he's going to say this a number of times. And I believe that's what we need to look to in this age. If you look to circumstances, if you look just to the church, if you look to the message and just look to the messenger, you're missing something. Because there's somebody behind the messenger. There's a voice behind the voice. There's the deity of Jesus Christ. And that deity is made known in this last day, not just by the one that walked on earth and ascended on high, but also came down to live in a many-membered body. And we need to see more than the man that walked on earth. We need to see more than the priest that that is interceding. We need to see the one that has come down and dwells among us. And I believe he is dwelling among us. I'm seeing it in in our midst, friends. I'm seeing more of God. 
I see the devil working, but I also see more intercession for one another. I see more of the life of God in the body. I see more of a desire for lost souls. I see more of God restoring and bringing back. That's what we need to see. So, so now he's saying, I'm Alpha and Omega. Saith the Lord, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. John would say, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, John is, is brought up into a realm here, and uh, many writers have taken John when he's saying, I was, verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, this is not just a day as, uh, you know, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This is an eternal day. This book is a book of symbols. This is a book that enters a realm that, that much of Christian, Christianity doesn't know about. There's an eternal God. And, and we, our, our lives are not just about do not, touch not, see not, or look to, see this. It, it, if we can catch it, there's a supernatural element of God. And we are being ushered into it. We are being brought into it. So he will say, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Again, saying these words. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book, send it to the seven churches in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Verse 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. Now you don't, it must have been very near. It must have been in proximity. You know, when, when God makes himself known, he made himself known to Abraham by appearing unto Abraham. Now that appearing, it, 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 it doesn't say he showed himself. He showed an aspect of himself to Abraham in Genesis 12. He showed more of himself in Genesis 15. And, and finally, God came to him in Genesis 17 in the further part of his walk and said, Now walk before me and be perfect. Now in between, he saw Melchizedek which was the eternal one, the, the one who lived by the power of an endless life. So there's an appearing, but there's also a, 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 a revealing. There's a part that's personal. And so, and, and with the presence of God, you'll find that. You'll come into a service, and, and, and it's wonderful. There's, it's different than the world that's around us. But there are times when God makes himself more real than ever before. And I will say we are living in a time where he's making himself real. Where we need to be looking for time to be swallowed up by eternity. Where we're not just looking, well, next week and next year and this year. I'm looking for the eternal to break through. And it starts to reflect in our beings, in decisions we make. We don't make decisions just for time. We make decisions for eternity because that's a realm that's opening to us. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 
trying to hold back, but I'm also trying to get you to where I want to come to. So he will say, and I turned to see the voice. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. They're, they're not just candlesticks, as Brother Brandon would say it. Candles will burn out their lamp holders. And the lamp holders, they are recipients of that menorah, that, 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 Jewish, that Jewish lamp that comes up. And every one of those seven ages draws the oil from the same source. But it channels to seven different places. So it's not just a candlestick. It's the eternal oil. The oil of the Holy Spirit that fed Wesley, that fed Luther, that fed every one of them all through. And we ourselves are partakers of that. So you say, in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, or the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Now, there's, I'm going to touch on aspects of this in a minute. Clothed with a garment down to the foot, girded about with the paps and a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white as wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. So there's sevenfold aspect of his being. Now this is his glorified being. Okay, so just, just dropping a few things in. And he had in his hand, his right hand, seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun that shineth in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, now again, this is the third time, fear not, I am the first and the last. This is the first and foremost revelation of the church is the deity of Jesus Christ. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which you've seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars, which are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks, which you saw are the seven churches. Now, we'll stop the reading there. I, I know I brought a lot in very quickly, but I'm going to bring some of this pictorially. Brother Dan, if you can put up the PowerPoint. And I'll, I'm, I'm really going to take this service into sort of a twofold part this morning, but I, I want you to maybe catch a little bit of the picture of, of where we're going today. And so, if you can stay with me. Are you all there this morning? Okay. God bless you. Go ahead, Brother Dwayne. So, I, I, I used this a couple of weeks ago, and it's maybe the basis of where I'm going, but it was a quote by Martin Luther. And he said, When I look at myself, I do not see how I can be saved. But when I look at Christ, I do not see how I can be lost. So there's a power in what we look at, and there's a power associated in what we fix our eyes, and we don't just look with our eyes, we look with our heart. We, we are, your, your looking is associated with living, and so there's, there's an expectation God brings us when he says, look on this. So, so and I believe God is wanting us to look on something, and so is the enemy wanting us to look on a lot of things. Right. 
So I'm, I'm taking this, but, and this is our, our subject this morning, and, and, and we'll do it. I'm going to read two other scriptures here, a couple of other scriptures. 2 Corinthians 3. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit is the, and of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, so here's the part, we all with open face are beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So that's a wonderful thing to see the glory of the Lord. Uh, it, it's, I, I would have loved to see him on earth. I would have loved to walk with him, to see him resurrect the dead, to heal the sick, to, to cleanse the lepers. I would have loved that, but he hasn't changed in that nature. And he has done it not through his own personal body, but through his church over seven ages, and he is coming to the climax. He is coming to a crescendo. So as we're looking, we're not looking back at history, but we're looking at the span of time. We're seeing him in all his glory. And as we look, the Bible says, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Lord. So I, 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 I can't emphasize that enough, but... And I, I, like I said, I appreciate the young brothers that spoke on, on uh, Friday and Brother Mark especially taking the thought of, of looking to something. And it was done very personally, very well. Second Peter 1 verse 1, Simon Peter, and, and, and this is an, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things. His divine power has given unto us all things. Somebody ought to say amen to that. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God will make a promise. If you're, you're younger, uh, you, you've got a younger family and your children are younger, you all took a road trip. And on a road trip, you packed up the car, you packed up the kiddies, you got in the vehicle, and hey, we're going to be driving all day. And so you got down the road about 30 minutes. How long till we get there? <laughs> no, it's never happened. Only in our family? Okay. How long will it be till I get there? And you'd say, oh, don't worry about it. It's, and 15 minutes later, how long? And so along the way, we had stories. We had snacks. We, oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and distractions. And look at all those things. But you, part of the journey is also the expectation. But there has finally got to be an end expectation. And God, when he promises us something, it's with an end in mind. 
God has seen it as a finished work. God is not looking at it as a partial work. We sometimes see a partial work. We see, oh, God did something here, but historically that's never happened. But we are moving higher all the time. You say, how can you believe for a rapture? Because Enoch was raptured. Because Elijah was raptured. And because I believe the word of God that's been spoken for our day. So God has put this expectation by his word. So if he places the promise there that he wants us to take his word, to take his promise, and keep looking at it. We often look at circumstances. We often use our imagination against us. Oh, well, I don't know. You know, the first thing, something, something, got, you know, something comes uh, in your home, a sickness or a trouble or something, we automatically think the negative. Right. Instead of saying, okay, this has come because God's going to do something positive out of it. So we need to start looking down that channel. And so even the things that come our way as a church, as families, we need to still see it doesn't matter because God has promised something and he's putting it in our hearts. He's reminding us continually of his word. Now the devil will remind you continually of the things that are happening in the world. Root wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and all kinds of things. And if we look to those things, we will fall in the category of men's heart failing for fear. Because of the things that are coming on the earth. When really we need to look and say, that's the earth groaning. That earth is groaning because it's waiting for me to come into manifestation. So we want to look at the right thing. <coughs> so, exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. I'm going to reserve some of the comments on that. Having escaped the corruption. So then Peter will go on to say, besides all this, these are the aspects of his nature. There's a sevenfold aspect of his characteristics, starting with faith and virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and finally charity. So these things, we're not going to try and manufacture them we are going to feed on the word and let them come out as he promised they would. Uh, I don't have to go to uh, a school on positive thinking to have a little kinder attitude towards my brother or my sister. I, I need to just stay in the word of God, be in prayer, be in fellowship with God, and these things will come out of you. I believe that if you feed on that word, you're looking at something and something will manifest. Because it's a living word. It's not a, a something to feed our brains. It's something to feed our souls. Peter will drop down in the same verse. You say, wherefore, other brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Oh, I fall all the time. You know, if you do these things, you shall never fall. 
You might fall in the flesh, but before God, and you say, I never did it in the first place. That wasn't my desire, Lord. I made a mistake, and the blood is there to cover you. And even when the devil thinks he's made, you've done it purposely, listen, if, if you still have a desire for God, uh, let, me, let me just share this quickly. There was a time years ago, and, and the devil just, you know, I was just a young Christian, and I thought, you did this, you crossed the line. I was so condemned. I prayed, I fasted, and, and I, I, I'm just seeking, oh God, if I've done all these, forgive me. I didn't intend that. And then I'm just reading a little message book, and I come across something, and it said, if you are sorry and you're calling on him, it shows that the lifeline has already been dropped. And that devil was powerless from then on. And I said, oh, praise God. It's real. <laughs> so he says, give diligence to make your calling election sure. If you do these things, you'll never fall. Verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit as we go along. An entrance will be ministered. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a pictorial as we go along here. So this is this, is this quick synopsis of Genesis to Revelation. So, okay, this will take 10 minutes. Oh, that's the fastest you've ever gone through it. No. It's a pictorial just to bring you into a present-day picture. So in the beginning, when, when, when nothing was there, when everything was just, there was nothing out there, but there was the great eternal spirit, there was God. And, and we didn't know him as God, but, but there was God, and he had nature, he had attributes, he had things inside that were hidden that we couldn't see. So the Bible would say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. So in the beginning, he created it. And, and, you know, the wonderful thing about that is, is that science goes back and does carbon dating and does all these things, but they forget about Genesis 1.1. In the beginning could have been millions of years. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and, and, and void, and, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was brooding over, over the earth, over the waters. Brother Bannon would say this, God in his great mystery secret that he had before the world began had a threefold purpose. The first was God wanted to reveal himself to his people. Now, now I, 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 you know, there's a statement that sometimes is difficult because you, you won't find it in theological schools, but Brother Bannon would say, so God before he was God. But let me take it from this. God was a spirit, but God has manifested himself or condescended. He has brought himself to our level because he is desiring to reveal himself to us. So he said he couldn't do it as the great Jehovah God who covered all space and time and eternity. He could not. He is too great to ever be revealed to people, it would be too mysterious. You know, so I'll give you a few more pictures as we go along here. But we, we couldn't know him that way. And really, here's another statement. The prophet would say, it will take all of eternity to reveal him. 
Oh my, could you imagine the glories that are ahead? <laughs> oh, this great being. <laughs> now, I, I'm, I'm, part of what I'm doing here is I want us to look at his glory. Because the more you look at him, the smaller your problems are. The God that gave a word of promise to you, he did it from eternity. He didn't do it viewing our, through our eyes. But he did it from the eternal realm. So that's where our faith has to come from. So as we go along here, so he started with a man named, well, I won't, I'm circumventing somebody. In Genesis 12, he called a man named Abraham who had been along in years. He was 70 years old and God spoke to him and Abraham, whatever, however God spoke to him, revealed himself, made himself known, it, it was a voice like no other voice. It caused Abraham to go in a way that he would never go. So God appeared to him, as we said earlier. Then he also made himself known as Melchizedek, the, the, high, the great priest of God. And, and Abraham so much so that he turned down the riches of the king of Sodom and he gave tithes to Melchizedek. Now that one act had, had great repercussions because he gives tithes and God says, okay, Abraham, what you have done, he says, will be reflected in your lineage. And Levi has already paid tithes because you paid tithes for Levi. So if you look at it, God was beginning to merge together fallen man with his eternal being. But there's some caveats attached, okay? So the first, the first fellowship ever under the Melchizedek priesthood was a communion with bread and wine. Now there's a Levitical order in between, but, but really we're coming back to the Melchizedek order. So after that, it was a man named Moses. Moses, born in a proper family. His mother was of, of a Levite's family. His father was of a Levite's family. Moses was born into this family. He was raised proper. He knew he had all these things, but he, he, he tried to do it in himself. Went out into a backside of a desert. Finally, after 40 years, God reveals himself to him, and he reveals himself to him in a burning bush. And, Abraham, uh, sorry, and, and Moses sees that, and he takes off his shoes. He gives reverence to it. And God says, I'll lead you out from this land and I'll bring you to a mountain. So now all of Israel didn't see the God or didn't meet the God that Moses met. They saw the signs and wonders. But he was still a mysterious God. He was the God that was there in Exodus chapter 19 and verse 20. Lightning and thunders and clouds. And, and, and he was a mysterious God. They couldn't see him. They, they, they couldn't truly identify with him. But God was evoluting. God was bringing man to himself. So again, they were seeing the, the majesty and the glory of God. But it was not a majesty that would, would draw them in to become partakers yet. Now... After that, it was the prophets, you know, the Old Testament prophets, and you could go through all the names of Jeremiah, you could go through Ezekiel, you could go through Isaiah, you could go through the minor prophets that were there. But God would speak through the prophets as he promised Moses, and they would hear from God, and God would speak to him. Now, it, it wasn't the prophet's opinion, and, and, and it was, they were brought into a place with God where it was God that was there. So Ezekiel, he saw a vision. 
in Ezekiel chapter 1, and he saw these wheels in the middle of a wheel. He saw these four anointings, these four living creatures. And then in the midst of all of that, he saw a throne and, and, and such. And so he was beginning to capture things. God was still mysterious, still held back, but he was also showing himself. And, and if we can see it. So Ezekiel saw him as the wheel in the middle of the bigger wheel. So outside of that, there was all kinds of prophets. There was the tribes of Israel. But at the middle of it all, the hub was God. And so it was always pointing to him. And then after that, it was, this is interesting, and I'll come to this and join it together, hopefully. But Ezekiel chapter 3, in, and, and, and he sees a roll, and he says, now, Ezekiel, I want you to eat this roll. You know, when you eat something, you become a partaker of it. And so, it, it, listen, there's, there's much we could say here. Knowing the Bible, knowing the original sin that was committed in the Garden of Eden, the Bible would say in the book of Proverbs, such is the way of an adulterous woman, she eateth. What if she is becoming a partaker so the devil would want you by lust, lust conceives. When lust conceives, it brings forth sin. The devil wants you to be a partaker. You can't stop temptation. You can't stop the advertisement on the website you're in. But if you yield to it and you go into it, you become a partaker of it. Likewise, that's the devil trying to do that. But God is also wanting to do that. And he wants us to be partakers. So way back, even in Ezekiel's time, while as such the anointing was driving man away from the tree of life, but there was an avenue being made where he says to Ezekiel, there's a role here, and he says, I want you to eat this role and then speak to the house of Israel. Because you're not just speaking from here. Something that I placed in you is going to speak through you. Now that's in all of us today. I, 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 and we're not all prophets like Ezekiel, but I, I'm, I'm coming to it. The prophet would say, they, they did not always understand what they were writing. They didn't understand it. And uh, the Bible said they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Second paragraph, the prophet writer must be in constant fellowship with the author. He must live constantly in the presence of the author to know what the book is going to be. Now, it, and, and, and Brother Branham would say to us, he would say to us, and he would say, um, how will the church know him unless they're constantly in fellowship with him? Prayer is not so much a one-time thing of a great oration of words. But prayer is part of a continual communion with God. I'm walking down the road and I think of somebody and I say, Oh Lord, just touch them. Just bless them. Just be with them. I think of my wife. I think of my family. I say, Oh Lord, be with them today. Help them. And, and I, I, I'm constantly in that fellowship I'll tell you what, that is a place that you should make more and more your home. That's a secret place every believer can come to. And I would say, you don't have to have long orations. Oh, 
thou great holy heavenly Father that dwellest between the cherubims. And I, you can say that. That's nothing. I'm not making light of it. But I said, it's also he's a friend like no other. He, he's somebody you can talk to. And, and he wants to draw you in. And the devil's trying to draw you into his world. But there is a place beside him. So, so now the, the prophet writer had to be in constant fellowship to know what the book is going to be. The prophet had his mind set constantly on what God said, not what man thought, what the age thought, what the church thought, or what the kingdom thought. This last week, Uganda passed a law making homosexuality illegal. And under certain circumstances, if it's done in, in, in a way with a minor or with a disease, even punishable by death. The Western world just jumped all over it. I'm sad to say our nation jumped all over it. And, and the USA jumped all over it with condemnation. I say, and they, they just said, they just said, we're not going to be dictated to by the Western world. I say, God bless them. I could be up here today and I could say, well, I, I can't mention transgender. I can't mention homosexuality. I can't say certain things that, that, that are there. And, and I say, if I allow myself to thinking, okay, somebody could be listening. Somebody could be watching. It'll affect what I do. But as long as I look to him, as long as I say what's in him, and I say, I'm trusting in you, Lord. I'm not being ignorant or obstinate. He'll give me wisdom where I need wisdom, but I'm looking to him. I'm not looking at what the age is thinking. I, I'm not trying to be politically correct. Now, I'm not going to be willfully obstinate either. Say, God, help me. Let me present Christ. Let me not change the one who doesn't change. Let me stand on him. He is the one that I've got to look to. So that, that was Uganda. Ghana did the same thing. I, I sent a text to Brother Tim Ashong, and I said, hey, I see that Camilla Harris came and kind of condemned your country because of what you did. He says, it doesn't matter to me what she says. <laughs> We're standing on what we believe. I said, God bless you. So now I hear that Putin is, is, is following suit with the same thing. God bless him for that. Uh, I, I listen, we, we had a couple of parties, and I was just reading. We were in fellowship together. We had an election with a couple of parties here. Well, I, I voted for one party because of their platform. And their platform was to reaffirm family values, to allow freedom of worship. And I'll stand behind that. It's not perfect, but I'll stand behind that. I will take whatever God gives us in the season that he gives us. So... Anyway, how, how did I distract myself on all these things? Okay, so he says, not what the church thought, not what the kingdom thought. I, I, I believe the bride is built differently. She is not influenced by the agenda of the World Council of Churches. She's not being influenced by what uh, religious men have said. She's receiving her instruction from above. It's not instruction from a group of men that are governing the prophet's message. No, it is a direct revelation of God to the individual. 
Under Revelations 10, we are to take the book, not out of the hands of the seventh angel, but the mighty angel. And we're to eat that book. We're to become partakers of that book. Oh, God bless you. I'm, it feeds my soul. That's all I can say. It feeds my soul. So he says, it says, now he says, the reason for all of this is because if you're thinking in that realm, then the word will drop in and you will be a partaker of that word. You'll speak that word. So he says, those prophets, they defied kingdoms and church ages when it was even a death penalty. Daniel, when he knew uh, of the writing of the king, that anybody that prays, when he knew of the writing, he went and he opened the window and he raised his hands like he always did. And God stood for him. And God that stood for him will stand for us. So I, I want to focus on that, not on the shifting sands of time. These prophets were bold. They were moved by the Holy Ghost, and that's why they became bold, and they wrote the infallible Word of God. So it was Isaiah writing the Word and seeing a vision about a virgin shall conceive, and, and, and the men were witnessing, you know, what is Isaiah writing? A virgin shall conceive. Maybe one of these guys was a doctor. He's going, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Uh, you know, and, and, but God himself fulfilled the word of promise. So it was Isaiah focused in. Now, if God had the prophet messenger write it that way, what kind of spirit ought we to take when we read it? It's not just casual reading. But I'm saying, oh God, let me capture the spirit that penned this and let it come back on me. Isaiah, he would say these words, the voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight. Well, that was pointing to John the Baptist. And, and, and yet John was not the fulfillment, but he was the signpost. The seventh angel is not the fulfillment, but it's a signpost. But in the days of the voice, what happened? What but happened? Well, Revelations 10.1, a mighty angel descended. That's why the but came is because something happened in heaven and a seventh angel was on earth at the time of this coming. Malachi 3.1, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek shall come suddenly to his temple. Why? How, how, what it defines suddenly? Well, you can take suddenly and take it in all kinds of perspectives. It's like the three hermits that were sitting in the cave, right? They were sitting in the cave and one of them said, what do you guys think? A couple years went by and the other one says, I don't know. A couple years went by and the third one said, if you guys don't stop all this talking, I'm going to kick you out. So suddenly it can be a long time. You guys didn't catch it. Tomorrow when you're going for a walk with your wife, you'll catch it. Don't worry. You'll catch it. When you hear this tape, you'll catch it. <laughs> anyway, so, hey, suddenly can be a long period of time. It can, like one, somebody once said, like five minutes can be a long period of time when you're underwater, right? 
Five, or, you know, what's a long period of time? Having to go to the washroom and you just passed the exit, said next exit, 20 minutes. That can be a long period of time. Okay, I'm trying to do this just to say, hey, I'm an average guy, just like all of you, okay? I'm not trying to be sacrilegious here. Okay, so suddenly, why? Prophets had not been there for 400 years. Malachi was the last prophet. But now John was going to come. And as soon as John comes, suddenly the messenger is going to come to his temple. Who is that? Jesus Christ. It's going to happen suddenly. A short, quick work will the Lord do. We've had a long time. But all of a sudden it's going to wrap up real quick. So it says, I'll send my messenger whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. So here's John the Baptist. He's on earth and everybody's noticing him. But he's pointing to someone. The seventh age messenger wasn't here to establish his own ministry. He was pointing to someone. That's the one we've got to look to. I, I, listen, friends, I, I love to hear the message. I love to press play. I love to hear what's on there. But that's not my end. That's not my expectation. It needs to come in here. It needs to make me a partaker. The Word needs to become flesh and manifest itself. Hey, they'll take our tapes away one day, but they won't take away this in our hearts. That needs to come down. So, then they're baptizing on the river. And, and, and then what happens? The dove descends. And it remains it doesn't just come down, but it stays. So John sees Jesus coming. Behold, the Lamb takes away the sin of the world. It says, this man is preferred before me, but for he was before me. And I knew him not. Now he was cousins, but he knew him not, not in the way of fulfilling the Scripture. That he should be made manifest to Israel. And I, John, bear record, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode on him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water said, this is how you'll know him. How will you know a true prophet? Because he'll speak the word. He won't speak what the age thinks. He won't speak these things. And, and whatever he speaks, it'll line up with the scriptures. And he says, and I bear record, this is the son of God. So Jesus comes. He's on earth. He, he does good works. He's healing. He's doing things. He's meeting others all through this all but it was God manifest in flesh. The first and foremost deity. Uh, Revelation is the deity of Jesus Christ. He finally dies. He's on a cross. He gives his life. He comes back. He ascends on high once. He comes down and he tells his disciples, touch me not. And then he ascends on high again after a 40-day period. First time he hadn't descended. Listen to the message of Brother Paul. It was wonderful. Brother Paul Dirksen, not this last one, but the time before on the atonement. But here's Jesus. He passes away. Finally, after a 40-day period, he says, I've got to ascend. And he ascends up and he says, in like manner, I will come back one day. Now, in like manner, he'll come back. He's coming back. He is back. I believe he's coming back. I don't believe he's finished yet. But he's doing something right now. So now he's up on high, but he sends his spirit through seven church ages. And he anoints messengers. And the first messenger that he anoints is a man who's persecuting the church. Named Saul. 
And he's on the way to Damascus on the road. And along the road, a light strikes him. And he knows that this is supernatural. And his answer is, Lord, who are you? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. I don't know what went through his mind at that moment, but that was probably the wheels were turning. Wait a minute, I'm persecuting these people, but you say I'm persecuting you? This supernatural is Jesus? Uh, uh, you talk about a conversion. I mean, my, my, my. Oh God, help us all that we can see Jesus. So he's Paul. He meets him, and he's different than all the other apostles because he's stuck in a Roman prison, and he begins to write words in a Roman prison. Oh, they, the devil thought he had them all penned up, but little did they know that these words would span ages and that what he wrote in Romans we would read today. And it says, what shall separate me from the love of God? Nothing will separate me. These words were penned. They were anointed for us. And it was others. It was John on the Isle of Patmos. And here he is, as we read in Revelations 1. It's John on the Isle. And he's, over a two-year period, he's writing the whole Revelation that would be necessary for a group of people in an end time. John, now not just the young man in, in Jesus' bosom, but the aged one sitting there, caught up and seeing Jesus in a way like nobody else did. What did he see? He looked and he saw symbols. He saw these seven lampstands. He saw uh, them burning. And then he saw, and he had in his hand, seven stars. But in the midst of these lampstands, who's the one that's walking? The central figure is Jesus Christ. Walking through it. Oh, and, and so often the church world will diminish what Paul said. Oh, Paul was a woman hater. Pardon me, Paul was connected to him. That was the one that spoke to Paul. That's what I stand on. The anointing, the one that was behind Paul. And that one, you could take different pictures of it, but out of his, his sevenfold glory, there's a sharp sword that came out. The word that cuts, the word that discerns, knows our intents. That's the God that's on the scene today. We're not trying to prop up the message of William Branham. God will back up this message. God will back up the believers. God will show that he is God. Patmos vision. Brother Bam speaks. We're speaking on the supreme deity of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who God revealed to us this morning. He's speaking in the church ages. The great I am. Not I was or will be. The I am. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The God of heaven. Not a triune God. But one God. Amen. Friends, if, if you can't see that today or it's fuzzy or something, seek God for revelation. Yeah. Don't let somebody convince you of one or the other. Yeah. The Trinity never came into being until 300, I think 289, 300 AD somewhere. It was, it was put together by the Catholic Church because there was too many people that didn't have the revelation. This will be better for them to intellectualize. It was the thoughts of men. It wasn't the thoughts of God. It's no truth to it. Friends, no matter, they, they might call you. I, I had to sign a little paper for my mom when we were thinking of putting her into a little home. And they said, and, and it was a religious-based church. I think it was 
Dutch reform or something, and they said, okay, what, how do you believe the Trinity? Do you believe such and such? And you have to sign it. And I said, see addendum on the other side. And I put the other side. I believe in one God through three offices. And, and, and he manifested himself in Father, in Son, in Holy Ghost. They didn't care, really. He said, as long as you've got the three, that's okay. I, I put a little clarity on it. I'll tell you what, there's a real, you know, the devil tries to diminish. You know, I, I, I say it this way. I, a friend of mine said this, and I thought it was really good. He's really good at one-sentence expressions. And, and, and uh, maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was another friend, but it says, the truth, no matter how weak it looks, is still the truth. And falsehood, no matter how much strength it appears to have, is still false. And I'll stay with the truth. Because the truth will show itself in the end. And I say this, stand on the truth. So, he said, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ, the God of heaven. Not a triune God, but one God. And Brother Branham reaffirms how in Revelations 1, he, he declares himself as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, four times. He says, he's not just a prophet. He's not a prophet. He's not a junior God. He is not a secondary God. He is God. He goes on to say, he revealed every one of these churches, he revealed himself in Ephesians, Ephesus. He revealed himself in deity only in his glorified form. Now just hear, hear this out. This, is, this struck me as I heard it. But in the last one, the first he was the Alpha. The last he was the Omega, the Z. He went back to the original beginning. The first and the last. The first age, now the last age. For he said, I am the first and the last. Strive for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now he says, how did this happen? It was a revelation. His entire church is built on divine revelation. You all know this scripture very well. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? You could ask the same question today. What does the internet say the message is? I, okay, that's what they say. Jesus asked the question too. Okay, but I'll tell you the truth now. Okay, you, you go on the internet, you're going to find way more websites that speak negative of the message than speak the correct truth of the message. So he says, who do men say that I am? Some say you're John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah. You know, just one of the guys. You know, one of the guys. And he says, that was the thinking? That, that was the thinking of Israel in that day? And he says, but who do you say? Well, you're a little better than one of the guys. No, that wasn't what he said. He said, Peter turns and looks at him and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. And Peter goes, oh, wow, great. <laughs> I got it. And he says, hold on a second, Peter. He said, you didn't learn this. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. My Father, which is in heaven, revealed it to you. You are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell are around us. And unto you I'll give the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you'll loose will be loosed in heaven. i got to move along. What is the open door? The open door is an entrance will be ministered. The revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. He said, what did he say to his first church back here? He said, I am he that was, which is, which shall come, the first and the last. I am the Almighty. Now, just bring this in because this is also one of the prophets. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. Not Jesus in, in a robe and sandals back there in history. But, and not just the one in the seventh church age, but the one who's come down in the end time. And now he's saying, I'm come for my own. I'm claiming them. I'm going to be in them. They're going to be in me. And, and we're going to have a unit together. And I'm going to make them partakers. So, so this is just moving along. He says, now, Brother Branham would, would just say these words because we can so elevate the messenger that we actually put him on a pedestal that God never intended him to be on. And we blind others around us by elevating only him. Now, he has a place none of us will ever have. But that messenger, if you can see behind the veil, that was God speaking through him. Now, he will say it this way. He'll say, I want you to know this is sure. And listen to this tape. You might have thought I was trying to say this about myself. That I was packing this message. He said, I don't have anything to do with this message. I'm no more than just a voice. And my voice, even against my better, better judgment, I wanted to be a trapper. But it's the will of my Father that I declare it to do so and I'm determined to do so. I was not the one that appeared on the river. The focus... The focus on the river was not Brother Banham in the water with the 17th person. The focus was the voice that came and said, Your message shall forerun the second coming of the Lord. Amen. That was the focus. The focus at Houston Coliseum was not Brother Branham with his tie. Many people looked at the tie. Well, that's kind of a neat tie. And, or whatever they thought. The focus is the one that appeared above him. That's the focus, and he's still the focus today. He's still the one we got to look at today. I trust you're, you're with me here this morning. He says, I'm not the one that performs these things and foretells these things as perfect as they are. I'm only near, I'm only the one that's near when he does it. Let me just stop for a moment. Sometimes we pray. I, I shared this testimony. Just turn the lights on for a minute, Brother Dwayne. I shared this testimony in... in uh, on Wednesday with the church. So we're here. Brother Daryl Ward was ministering uh, in church a Wednesday about a week and a half ago. And all of a sudden there was a commotion at the back of the church. And there's a commotion at the back of the church. And he says, Brother Donnie, there's somebody who's sick. And they went to the back and prayed, Brother Daryl and Brother Donnie. And there was a woman that had passed out. There was no signs of life. There was nothing. And there were several medical people that were there. And they just went and they prayed for her. 
And all of a sudden, she started gurgling and coughing, and she was okay. And a, and a day or two later, she was sitting at the restaurant like nothing happened. Now, who was it that was really there? Was it Brother Daryl in his strength? Was it Brother Donnie in his strength? Was it because it was Word of Life Church? Or was it the, the God of heaven that has always been there, that circulates and moves in our midst? Was it the same God that was there when Brother Way was raised from the dead? Was it the same God that, that raised Elisha back in the Old Testament? That God's among us today, friends. We sent that chat out amongst a few. They, they sent that chat with a few ministers. Well, brother, the brother in New Brunswick at Brother Ivan Carr's church shares a story that it was a few years ago, somebody else had dropped in their church, and they had prayer for him, and he raised again. Now, friends, I am not, we, because it didn't happen in front of me, I don't need to know it, but I, I know enough that he's among us. I know enough that he's in our midst. The God, the God that came and identified with the seventh church age messenger is still God today. I'm acquainted with him. I'm acquainted with a group and a body that is part of him. And I believe all things are possible. Now, God will come and he'll do that for a sister in the church at Brother Donnie's. And here's Brother Donnie's daughter that they're waiting on. But I'll tell you what. Does that diminish the faith? says, no. He's here. He'll do this according to his glory. Friends, I believe we're going to see more and more if we look at the right thing. Oh, it's happening over there. I'll go over there. No, I'm, I'm going to stay right where I'm supposed to be. And he will make himself known in our midst. He may make himself known this morning. It may be tonight. It may be at a young people's gathering. But he's here. I believe he's here. Let your faith go to that level. I like to listen to a message. Sometimes I'm listening, and, and it's not how many minutes. Okay, i got to put the clock on. 20 minutes, and I'll do another 20 minutes, and that way I'll ease my conscience. No, I like to hear what he's saying. What he's saying to me personally. And then I walk and I meditate, and sometimes it brings me into thoughts. It brings me into realms. And sometimes you're, you're thinking, and, and then you go and pray for someone, and all of a sudden words come out. Hey, those aren't my words. They came from another place. That's not me. That's him. Oh, I, I want to live in that place, friends. I, I, I believe what we have is truth. I believe it, it will manifest in a greater way. i got to keep going just to get to where I want to get to. He says, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't the seventh angel. It was a manifestation of the Son of Man. It wasn't the angel, his message. It was the mystery of God that unfolded. It's not a man, it's God. The Son of Man is Christ. He's the one that you're feeding on. Now, just to take the thought of, of what Eve partook of. I, I'll come to the scripture in a moment. But she partook of something and it manifested. Now, what about now? What's God? What are we benefactors? What are we partaking of? You're not feeding on a man. His words, you're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Okay. Just quickly. In the middle of the seven golden candlesticks, one like to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot. Now, if you have a chance, I'll just drop this in. Go to the Patmos vision, listen to the tape, read the church age, 
And you take some of the commentary Brother Branham makes. I don't have time for it this morning. But we are not, we're not looking at him now as, as the Jesus that was on earth that was kind as a picture paints. It's not a Jesus in a manger. It's not that. He's also not just a priest. But now you're seeing him. He's, he's, he's got all of these things. I, I, I can start down this road and I won't be able to finish. Let me just read this. This is the one we got to see. Not just a man on earth. Not just one as a spirit up in heaven. But we need to see him in all of his attributes. Okay? Really. I, and I, I, I really want to take some services on this yet. But So all of these things... One, one thing that really struck me, Brother Branham says, if you look at all these things, they're, they're divisions of light. And he says, why are they light? Because we're living in the negative. We're living in darkness. But God, like the great diamond, he cut himself. And that seven, sevenfold prism began to reflect through the ages. It began to reflect on his body. And we're reflectors. Not one of us is the fullness. But I see it in our midst. He's there. It's his reflection. Okay. His hair, white like wool. I'll just give you the picture. His feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. His voice as the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in his strength. So here they are, all seven attributes that are here. I'll come back to this. Let's just turn that off. Oh, no, before I do that, let's just pick up this quickly. Stature of a perfect man. We read this earlier. So that was probably not as clear. Let me go to this one. So... It's the pyramid that we know. The Alpha, Omega. In between, it's Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Okay, so those are all the churches. These are all the messengers. Paul, Arrhenius, Martin, Columba, Luther, Wesley, and Branham. But, Brother Branham, and then it looks, but look at here. These are attributes of him. So faith was an attribute that was released in those first believers. Now, it's also being released now. So, but so is also all these other things being added to it. So I, I, this applies to the age, but it also applies to the individual. So we, we are always growing. We're always going in a greater way. And, and this I'll pick up because I want to touch on the rainbow and such next week. It's funny that the world has used the rainbow and so clouded it with their own things, but that's just the devil, but there's a truth that's greater. Just tr you can finish the PowerPoint, Brother Dan. I, I want to just take a couple of things as I just go with me. Go to, with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. So John will say, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. So this is, this is the eternal God. He was the Word. Okay, but now it says in verse 4, 
in him was life, and that life was the light of men. So there's a light. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. Now you, whether you realize it or not, you are a reflector. And, and, and you shine as lights in a, in a dark world. You may not say a word as you walk into a room. I, oh my, I, I, I need to make it more real. Just, I had a, we had a client come to our, our, our office, and she was quite a woman, that's all I can say. She walked in and said, hey, ciao, and, and just like perfume, like it was, like she's selling perfume and spreading it everywhere you go and do everything, and, and she walked in, and, uh, and I, I'm there, and, and she, we had to go and do a site visit, so I'm going there, and I'm feeling like this, this doesn't feel right. Uh, I, I need to have somebody with me, because uh, this, this doesn't feel right, and you walk into this, it's a hairdressing salon, and, and you know, there's just, uh, it's an open loft to, to her bedroom suite above, and, and I'm going like, this is a different spirit here. But I says, I'm also of a different spirit, and greater is that which is in me. And what I surround myself, I don't portray that I'm going to overcome it, but I'm going to surround myself with the Word of God. I'm going to do like Joseph did. I'll have to run the other way, I'll run the other way. And I told the guys, one of you needs to come here because I'm not going in alone. <laughs> and, and, but I'll tell you what, it's a different spirit. And you walk into a room sometime and to a place sometime and, and there's someone, and, and I, I've had it happen and some of you have had it happen. Somebody looks and they immediately notice you and you notice them because there's something from another realm and you've got something from another realm. Friends, the message is not in word only. But we are spirit of his spirit. We are bone of his bone. And I say there's a reality to what we have. And I say, as the demonic world took notice of Jesus, so they know also where we are. And you need to have confidence in what he has made you. And, and, and you need to walk in that light knowing who you are. So he says, the light shines in the darkness. The darkness comprehends it not. Now, it talks about John. He was not the light, but drop down to verse 9. The true light, which lights every man that comes into the world, he was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Neither will they know you, but they'll, you'll be a witness one day. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So we're born of God, and we're to become sons of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Okay, for just a few minutes, just, just bear with me now. And, and I want you just to, to take these thoughts. Um, I'll just read this, Brother Dan, if, if, or if you turn to it, it's fine, I guess. It's, it's Genesis 3, verse 22. 
Now this is when man is being cast out of the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God said, man has become as one of us to know good and evil. Let us, let, let now and now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So to partake of the tree of life was going to make you a part of him. But God separated that until the atonement was made. So there was an anointing that kept man from that. But there has to also come an anointing to make us partakers. Paul said we are meet to become partakers of his inheritance, of his nature, of his whole being. So you, you are a part of it. So God sends the word. His old goal, as we read earlier, is to reveal himself to man. To make man a part of him. So God would send, uh, in, in every age, he allotted his word for the age, and then sends an anointed prophet where he makes the promises real. And he says, no matter what the church condition the church is in, he sends a man anointed. Now we needed the anointing of Elijah. You need it today. Listen, can you just give me, can you, be, just come with me for five, ten minutes, and I'm, I'm done. We need to be in the message. We need to hear the tapes. I, I will tell you, it is your lifeline. It is, it is where you have fellowship with God. It is where you, you have a prayer life. You're, you're in the Word. You're, you're in these things. And, I'll, and God makes Himself more real all the time. The message is not confined to the year 1963 or the year 64, but it's for the entire age. And it's for everyone born under that age. So don't, don't, don't fall in the trap and say, well, I'm not a reader or, or that was for my forefathers, my father. Uh, you know, I'm in a different age. No, you are a part of the promise. You're a part of the age. You need to hear the voice of the age. So God would not allow man to partake until Jesus came and he died. And then the anointing is ushering us in that we become partakers. Now, it, it had to be a pure word. It had to be, it had to be a, a, a point, not, not just the message of Wesley or, or, or Luther, which was partial. But when the fullness was restored, now you can eat and eat in plenty. There'll be a part of this that'll come further beyond this. So he, he will say, Brother Bannon will say, now God allotted the word. Now, it's not just a word, but I'll say this. He also has a people, and the Holy Spirit is on earth trying to find hearts to manifest and to bring to pass by vindicating the word. Oh, a week ago, Brother Brent was saying, uh, the, 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 the living, the vindicated, the, the word that, that is real. It's in us, friends. It, it's not good enough to just say, yeah, it's right here. No, it has to be in here. God, fulfill your promise in me. I've heard your word. I'm in a situation. You're the God of the Bible. You're the God that can save. You're the God that can restore. I made all these mistakes. But Lord, you knew that would be. And you're greater than all my mistakes. You're greater than all my sin. 
and you can bring to pass your word. We were, I don't know who we were talking to, but we're saying, you know, the message, as, as many of us that are elderly have, have heard it, you know, it took us many years, but it seems like those that are catching a hold of it now, it, it's promoting a rapid growth because we're in the season of the maturing. And, and, and it needs to be made just so real to us. I, 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 I wish I could bring this as much as I desire in this whole thought, but I, I'm going to have to carry it over. So there, he's looking for vessels. In fact, Brother Branham will go and say this. The Holy Spirit is depending on you, and he's depending on me. And he said, if we don't yield to him, we paralyze the program of God. I, 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 you know, God, God's saying, uh, you, you need to go down this path. And he's saying, well, hold on a second, Lord. I, I, I got to finish this game. Or, or I, I, I got I to look at this. Or I, I got to spend time. But sometimes he's just trying to get a hold of you. Listen, friends, it's not the battle of the mind as much as it's the battle for the mind. Because the devil's trying to grab your mind and your attention. But so is God. He wants your mind. He wants you to be a partaker. How does it start? It starts with truth. You get truth in you. You believe truth. And you start to walk in that as a reality. So your reality is not what you see. Not what you look at. Not what you can think with your mind. But your reality is the word you're feeding on. Abraham, I'm making you a father of nations. Oh, yes, I'll, I'll look at that, Lord. Lot didn't see that promise. And Lot, because he didn't see it, went down to Sodom. But Abraham walked in it, believed God, and God made it real in him. And it finally came to, to, Revel to Genesis 17. He says, Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. I, I, I appreciate that God's, he, he doesn't give up on us easy. He works with us. What's greater? Is it, is it how perfect you live or the covenant that God has over you when he spoke a word about you? When he saw you before the foundation of the world? When he saw your name? I, I believe that he saw me. I have let him down. I have failed him. But he, he doesn't cast me aside because I believe his word even though I stumble and fall. And I'm not making excuses. This, this grace, grace is grace but it's not grace if you could do things willingly. I say we can get trapped into things. But let God, just let me, let me see you. Let me, let me catch you. Now, God establishes the faith. He establishes the expectation. But you have to fight for every inch of the way. I, I won't be able to read this all completely. Let, let, me, let me just wind down with just a couple of thoughts this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave a part of this off because I feel like I brought it to a level and I don't want to go. God gives you a prana, promise, but sometimes we're hindered by what our eyes see. We're hindered by the circumstances when really, really the seed is coming back to seed again. And within the seed is all the power to create. So, you know, we, we, we look for God to change the circumstances when really he's put the power in the seed, and as you walk in it, the circumstances change because you are a part of it. 
So you are a partaker of his nature. And as you walk and you face the woke generation around us, you're able to walk saying, I know who lives in me. I know who walks with me. As you face the situations you face, and I face, there's something that comes behind us. I, 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 if I could share how real this is sometimes, and I say, oh God, let me be a partaker. Let me, let me not just live in hope, but let me live in faith. Hope, faith, and charity. The greatest of these is charity. I'll come to that part, but I, I, I don't want to just live in, well, I know it's coming. It's way off here. I think we need to start to say, okay, I, I, I by faith believe it's here. I'm going to take a step towards it. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe we've got 20 years anymore. I don't believe we've got 10 years. And, and I'll say, Lord, because of that, I'm going to take this step. And, 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 and then as you take another step and you take another, and all of a sudden you realize what was behind you, if you wouldn't have taken those steps, you would have been swallowed up in something. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 pr- I pray, Lord, Bring this faith to us. Let's have the musicians come. We'll stop there. Seeing his glory. Seeing him. The God who does not change. The God who is ever living. Always there for us. Let's stand together. From glory to glory... He is changing me. From glory to glory, He's changing me. He's changing me, changing me. His likeness and image to perfect in me. The love of God shown to the world. For He's changing changing. and image to perfect in me the love of God shown to the world